Kev's just walked through like a T Rex. Live. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Nerdy Up North podcast. Today, we are talking all things Tim Burton. And you might have wondered where Sammy is. The reason she's not here is because she's locked away in my basement. But don't worry, I won't be making her into a pie, and she will be back for the podcast next week. I'm one of your hosts, Donna. And I'm the other host, Paul. And today, we are joined by the wonderful Charlotte and Kelly. Hello! Hello. <laughs> Skeleton Kelly there. So yes, um, if you are regulars to the podcast, you will have noticed there's one face that is missing. So I'll just pop a face in there. So she'll pop up on the YouTube channel soon. <laughs> um, Sam's um, I got prior occasions and we had made arrangements to do this. And like bless poor Kelly and other people had taken time off work. So um thought it was only fair. And I'm having the wonderful Donna as my co-host tonight. So fans of the group, fans of the podcast will have known Donna and her cookies and she's uh, here to shake them about for us tonight as well for all things Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yes. So um, again, it's been a while, Kelly. So how are you? And you, I think you seem to have changed facially quite a bit since we last spoke <laughs> to you. Yes, I have. <laughs> and, and, and my whole life is a dark, Room. I was I was worried that I thought I thought the jumper was coming off there. <laughs> but I am beefing over the stuff, so I will actually, while you're talking to other people, step to the side, maintain my dignity, and return. Cool. It's all about dignity, dignity and respect. That's all. That's what the nerdy up north mantra should be. But yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we've got lovely Charlotte looking all gothed up with her. Tim Burton gear right to the next, showing off a, like I say, a swag there. So how are you, Charlotte? I'm all right. I don't have a shrine, honestly. I just have more Tim Burton stuff than I realised, and I thought, why not? <laughs> well, I think this was your one of your suggestions as well. You've been trying to get us to do a Tim Burton chat for some of quite a while now. So um, this is your jam all about it. I know, um, like I say, well, to be fair, we're all 80s, 90s kids, some a little bit younger than others, not 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 laughing at it, but um, you see, we kind of grew up on the, on Tim Burton in a way. He was our childhood, uh, our lessons, adolescence, sorry, and um, then he sold out with Disney and went went a completely different route. But yes, <laughs> so um, if you hadn't guessed by the look and the feel of the podcast, we are doing everything Tim Burton. And thank you, Donna. That was an amazing intro. Um, I wasn't expecting that, but that was really really <laughs> good. Um. Yeah, and uh, like I say, thank you for everyone in the group as well. Um, we're almost almost at 4,500, so we're, we're creeping up there. Um, so, yeah, and the boot club's doing well, isn't it, Charlotte? You're promoting the hell out of that. It so, is, yeah. More people are getting involved. We've got 240 members now, something like that. Oh, oh actually, I have a winner to announce. Oh, yes, I, I thought so. So. I do. Uh, so we put a giveaway on the book club, and if we got reached 220 members, uh, we are giving me and the lovely Nicole are uh, doing a blind date with a book. So you get two mystery books, maybe mm-hmm. three. Um, <laughs> you get a nerdy up north mug and a nerdy up north, uh, nerdy up north bookmark. Oh. And the winner we drew yesterday from a random generator, which I forgot to take a video of. So I do apologise. <laughs> roll. Emma Blythe? I was, it was Emma Blythe. Well, Emma Blythe. Yes. Well done, Emma. Um, we'll put a post up 
give her a message, tell her what mug you want, and let her know where to send it. Cool. And hopefully you're not in America. <laughs> <laughs> That's the scary thing now. Now we went international with all these uh, Yanks joining in with the fun now. Uh, <laughs> yes. So, um, like I say, my I three... Before yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, you keep us in track. That, that's why she's the boss. <laughs> I might call otherwise. I've had to write it down. So, okay, mm-hmm. everything discussed in tonight's podcast are our opinions and our opinions alone. <laughs> if you want to discuss anything from tonight's episode, then please come join us on the Facebook group or get yourself in the comments below. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to have an open discussion. <laughs> we all have our own opinions and that w- that's what makes us unique. So let's keep it fun, keep it kind and keep the toxicity out of fandoms. Well done, Donna. <laughs> I say for the first ever, well done. Were you practising that beforehand, were you? No, I just wrote it down because I knew I'd forget it. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, if it was anything else, I would have probably said, look, it's our opinions, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think we should say. But yes, we'll have to be nice and, like I say, try not to offend people, which Bye. we all find it harder and harder Bye. to do each day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so... <laughs> Donna's uh, chalice I'm going to kill you. <laughs> no, Kev's just walked past, like, tiptoeing, like, a, like, yeah. Go <laughs> like a what? He's just tipped towards past. At least, at least he's not flashing you. He could be flashing you. He might have been. He might be naked. We don't know. Yeah, naked. Yeah. Yeah. He's playing T Rex noises on his phone as he walks past. Oh, <laughs> I want to say that now. <laughs> anyway, have you creepy bastard? <laughs> <laughs> But yes, um, so so yes, yeah, so we're going to go all goth. I know the three girls have, have made the effort and I just couldn't give a fuck. I've got a wonky beard, if that helps. Um, yeah. Like I say, the aesthetics of everything that is Tim Burton. Um, so yes, yeah, so I would love to know what your starting points of, uh, how you got to know, like I say, the wonderful world of Tim Burton and like what, like I say, with the, like the introduction to his type of movies so we'll start with our lovely co-host of the evening we'll go to uh, to Donna there I actually don't remember but I guess I would have probably said um it would be Edward Scissorhands mm. um because I remember watching that really young and I loved that movie so I would say definitely that movie I think was the first introduction yeah you shared something last night uh, in the in the chat that I thought was really lovely as well um that you introduced your daughter to it uh, quite recently as well um, yeah, um, we watched it a couple of days ago. I had a feeling it would be something that she'd like, and she hasn't really watched a lot of um, Tim Burton movies other than the obvious like Nightmare Before Christmas and whatnot. So I put it on, and um, she was absolutely glued through the whole thing. Oh, she she recognised the name. She was like, "Isn't that the name of Stranger Things?" And I was like, "Yeah, it is." But obviously, she didn't recognise her face because she looks mm-hmm. a lot younger on there. Yeah. Oh, bless. Like I said, it's, a, it's a nice little gateway uh, film into the world of Tim Burton because that, like I said. Uh, Edward Scissorhand, um, I know we're probably talking about it in a bit more detail later on as well. It's it's so out there, but it, like I say, it's, it's a nice fairy tale. That's the way I would probably describe yeah. it. Uh, yeah. She's and, recalling it like when she's all old and stuff to her to mm-hmm. her grand, uh, recalling the tale of why it's snowing and it's just oh wow, I love the storytelling aspect, mm-hmm. the narrators and things. So yeah, yeah, I mm-hmm. totally agree with that. Yeah. Oh, but and for a, a mental idea, like giving scissors to a person for hands, it just it can't even compute how why that would even go into your head because 
Um, I, I know, well, yeah, macabre, uh, warped, just strange. Sorry, I'm going to take Sam's picture off uh, the front now because it looks like she's just staring at us quite intensely and it's, it's scaring us a little bit as well. <laughs> so bye, Sammy. We'll bring you back later. <laughs> but um, yeah, so no, great shout there. Uh, Donna, like I say, I, I would always say it was probably a great gateway. If anyone who hasn't seen a Tim Burton film, I would always recommend to say that that is a starting point. Um, I've got a feeling I know where Kelly's is going to go, so I'll go with Kelly. <laughs> Right, okay, my first encounter was aged four, babysat by my teenage neighbour who just put a film on, okay, and that film was Beetlejuice. Yes. I loved it, but she would always threaten me if I was, like, kind of playing up. Mm-hmm. I'll turn it off, I'll put Back to the Future on. <laughs> not a punishment, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that is not a punishment. Not at all. I was like, I want Beetlejuice on, not Back to the Future. So I just remember, like, adoring it, and there's a picture. I'll have to get my mum to rake it out. I'm brandishing, it's Christmas, I'm brandishing my two favourite toys with the, the backdrop of the front door. Don't know why. Looking a little bit mental, like I normally do. Uh, but I'm brandishing a naked Cindy, because we couldn't afford Barbie, and a Beetlejuice action figure. And they were, I used to marry them. <laughs> So you wanted to go go through with the marriage. You, you, you had no problems with uh, Beetlejuice being... Because even though he's a star of the film, I always find it quite interesting because he's actually the villain, really, yeah. isn't he? And remember my uh, previous uh, description, undead sex pest. Undead sex yes. pest, yes. Undead. <laughs> so, I mean, watching that before, um, I mean, a lot of the, the in-jokes were very above and very kind of like risque, especially with like the whole house and stuff. But that just didn't like register. It was just the fun, um, the costumes, the the gothic nature, the, the, the adoration for Lydia Dietz, who I just wanted to be. And it honestly, I just loved the premise of the whole film. Mm-hmm. Um, idea that ghosts just minced about and you either saw them or you didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, the music was lush. Danny Elfman, obviously, who's like a key, like a key staple of uh, your Burton films, and the actors absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic. Keaton, um, Renona Ryder, as well as um, oh, Gina Davis. Yes, Alec Baldwin, just Baldwin, absolutely yeah. fantastic. My gothness with Amanda was forged that day. Yes. Horror, yes, yeah. <laughs> Sam would be slapping us in the faces if he didn't mention it. <laughs> my tongue, and then you said Gina Davis. I was like, yeah, Gina Davis. Like, oh, God. But, um, yeah, so that was definitely um, the film that, that kind of stoked my love of the goth and of Tim Burton. Tim Burton, like, see, when you look at the cast as well, he kind of um, doesn't... He, like, he's very loyal to his cast as well, I think, Um or is it just basically get, he, he finds people he likes and just stays with them? Because like Winona Ryder, Henderbon Cartner, Johnny Depp, like you see, it were uh, kind of muses to him in a way, where he never yeah. kind of went off path with them. I think sometimes uh, the loyalty is good, but later on it became a little bit of a false, which I'll probably mm-hmm. talk about later. It just seemed like, you know, um, I'm all for giving, you know, kind of new actors, you know, mm-hmm. like kind of, airtime and airplay and it just seemed that it was just like yeah you're me bird get a me film you know what I mean I I think Um, he he, he tends to use actors that he knows understand the the sort of style he's going for mm -hmm. yes yes definitely 
get the performances that he wants and it, like yeah. say, it's less because for a director as well some of the choices he makes are quite daring and uh, bold especially like when you think about you came from films in the 80s where you can be a little bit out there and not you can take a bit more risks but that again charlotte will probably slate us for this but the 90s were a little bit more safer um with choices and um where certain directors did go outside the box and you could tell from thinkers like say most 90s films uh sorry charlotte were same type of thing teeny boppers or um that type of uh, comedy type of thing i think that all like as i said it was like the big blockbusters but not many uh art house or um like weird films kind of got through but i think he kind of broke that mold a little bit as well like by saying no this is the style i want and i'm not going to change from that so i think that was always quite yeah. important he yeah you'd weird mainstream mm-hmm. in yeah. the 90s yeah, yeah. you so, people who wanted to do the same sort of thing mm-hmm. but couldn't or like what wouldn't was mm-hmm. scared he just, just like he, what i like about him he don't give a shit you know what i mean it's just like this is this is in my mind yeah. and i'm going I used to always get getting mixed up with Bob Dylan as well because the looks used to look like <laughs> so that they, when you look at oh, the God, <laughs> but yeah. Um so Charlotte, what about you? What was your first um dipping your shall we dip in your tour, Charlotte Feach, hashtag uh, into the world of Burton? <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> I think I first became aware of him mm-hmm. when the nightmare before Christmas came out in ninety-three. Mm-hmm. Um but I think the f- first film I actually saw was Edward Hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Um, but I, I didn't see it when it came out because I think Edward Hands came out 91, yeah. 1990, something like that. So I was like Thanks. one, if that. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> one, um, man. <laughs> so, like, when I got into Tim Burton, it was after Nightmare Before Christmas. So, yeah. yeah. So that was like the, the gateway. Like I think a lot of people as well, especially uh, you young youngsters, bless you. Um, and the Nightmare Before Christmas, um, again, we'll probably delve into that one a little bit in more detail. Because I love, I, I'm like, I adore Nightmare Before Christmas, but this TV show, the, uh, the movies that made us kind of changed my opinion on Tim Burton on that as well, quite a lot. Yep. And it did... Um, not many. Type, I know it sounds weird when you were talking about films, but I, I'm, a, I'm a massive film fan and nerd. But that one, when I found out like how what went on, it kind of upset us a little bit, which yeah. um, like a little bit, a little piece of us broke down a bit. But um, again, like I said, we'll go through that one in a bit more detail. But yeah, I can I'm totally understand with you being a youngster. Um, <laughs> well, I am forty this year as well, so uh, just, oh. just to throw that out. <laughs> For me, I'm still uh, in still there. No, it's Donna's really quiet. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, Donna looks about 12. <laughs> 12. <laughs> but um, I, <laughs> I've done, I'll, I'll get mine out of the way as well, because this is going to be the ranting part of it. <laughs> so um, my first um, <laughs> walk in, or, like being introduced to Burton was because I was a comic book fan. And he got announced he was making uh, Batman. And I shit you not. I, I think I've talked about in previous pod- podcasts. I've even wrote a, an article about how excited 
I was for this film. Um, I went to the cinema when my dad tried to get us into the cinema, but I was underage, so they wouldn't let us see it. So they actually stopped us at the door, uh, the bastards. No, actually, I got past the door. So, you know, because it was the old Empire Cinema in Sunderland. Um, it used to be like um, where the point is now. It's like a big nightclub. If, if you with snappers who don't remember, um, used to have a door and there used to be a person on the door with a ticket to count how many people in because they didn't have like technology would tell help you. And that was the first point of entry. You had to get past him first. And as soon as you thought you were past him, you thought you were in. But no, I got past him because my dad hit us. And I was like, say, to be fair, I was a scrawny, skinny little, um, I think I, I can't remember the age, probably eight or nine at the time. It might have been 10. Um, and it was a 15, I think. So I managed to crawl my way past him. And but the woman at the ticket office saw us and she refused to sell us a ticket. <laughs> so I remember that. Um, and again, being like the, the, not the digital age, we had to, after that, we had to wait for not just to buy the film, you had to wait for the uh, video rental, which came out six to eight months after yeah, the cinema yeah. release. And a then, yes, long time. Yeah. And then to buy the film, it was a year after it was been in the cinema. So people complain to wait a few weeks now. <laughs> Imagine Spider-Man spoilers now in them days. Don't mention it. Yeah. So when I finally got to see it, I've never been so disappointed in in a movie. Like visually beautiful. Yeah. Oh, you, you need to give it credit where credit's due. Like. Yeah. But the choices, like I'm sorry, Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Fuck off. That was not the Joker. That was not totally the Joker I've, I've read about. That is not the... Uh, even Cesar Romero as the 19, uh, the 66 version of, of the Joker was more menacing and and felt real. Where this one, it was just a gangster playing a Joker. It was obsessed with money and having a fucking uh, fight with Batman over a girl. Yeah, yeah. It just, it just wouldn't ring true. I think... I think the reason, I mean, I'm not excusing Tim Burton like at all. I think he was trying to keep him with that sort of film noir, mm. you know, the visual aesthetic. Oh, it was very Even Frank, Frank Miller, uh, 19, that, like, if, like yeah. I said, that, that look and visual, like, like even now, I think the, the log, like the, the crest on Batman and the Batsuit, like, yes. even though it was the least functional, it mm-hmm. looked, looked best. There's not been a Batman that looks as well as Michael Keaton in the Batman. And, when you think about the cast as well, that film should have been fucking amazing. Yeah. And, and it, it just did, wasn't. Yeah. I did appreciate the, the choice of uh, Michael Keaton, like, because um, mm-hmm. he just looked like a man. And I think a, a lot of people were like, well, why didn't he choose one a little bit more kind of, you know, like, hinge? Mm-hmm. But that's the whole idea behind it. He's just mm-hmm. a man. Yeah. And then. So I really think Michael Keaton was a saving grace mm-hmm. in the film. Well, uh, that, that was, like I said, when you saw that in Batman Returns, that was the difference because Michael yeah. Keaton was the perfect Bruce Wayne. Like, yes. absolutely, you won't get a better Bruce Wayne than Michael Keaton. Um, that aspect and, like I said, that, that look as well. But, um, again, I know we... We like I say we're all about love and don't really say the hate word as well. But that one really did upset us, and I was a little bit worried when like I say to watch Tim Burton films after that. Um, but as Kelly said, a few um, I was followed up after Batman with Beetlejuice, and 
um, yeah, he couldn't do no wrong for a long time after that. He redeemed himself. He did, definitely. Um, And I didn't realise as well that Beetlejuice actually was before Batman, I believe, uh, next year when it came out. Um, Because the tone and everything with Beetlejuice, me me parents were a little bit apprehensive to let us watch it. So I I was probably a little bit older to watch Beetlejuice to fully understand it. But I think the thing that gets gets me with Beetlejuice the most as well is not just like the like the look and the feel is is the music used, um even like the things when Beetlejuice is like well, like say the uh, I said Danny Elfman um yeah. doing doing the stuff around it was always like quite catchy and uh, loved it and to be honest it had Winona Ryder and like say anything Winona Ryder did at the time I was obsessed with like from Heather's um, yeah. yes mm-hmm. just yeah. So yes. So that was my um, little foray into into like I say the whole uh, Tim Burton things. But I know he has, uh, as you said, one of a, one of Charlotte's favorite films that she mentioned the other day was Batman Returns as well. Um, yes. There's a ton first. Like it, it's it's a comic book film, but not at the same time. It's a Christmas film. Oh, it is absolutely. Yeah. Every everything about it was just right though. Like the casting was brilliant, and like after after the first Batman, it kind of felt like the studio trusted it, trusted his vision of Batman a bit more. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they let him they let him have a bit more influence over what was actually going to be put on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I particularly liked about it was um, the way in which he created the character of the Penguin. That kind of he was uh, rather than a man who dressed Danny DeVito. Sorry. <laughs> oh, rather than a man penguin, this was like a person who was, you know, flung away, mm-hmm. not dead, brought up by penguins, became mutated, and you can see why he's got to be in his fucking bonnet. He wants to be accepted. He he is the villain that mm-hmm. I have the most love for. Mm-hmm. I absolutely adore him. I feel for him, and um, you go on a journey with him, and I really like that kind of like twist of there was something kind of that separated him as um, an outcast, a mutant, and then he mm-hmm. was given kind of way of kind of getting into society, realising society's just shit. I, I love what he did with Selena Kyle. Mm-hmm. I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer is Catwoman. Yeah. Unbelievable. Amazing. But her transformation mm-hmm. is genius. It's yeah. absolutely brilliant. Like, she goes just from somebody you wouldn't look at if you walk past on the street like a proper downtrodden secretary type thing yeah to somebody you notice when she walks in a room yeah she became a person that she always had the fear of trying to be it was it's almost like the the id ego and super ego you know what i mean she 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 really came into herself and it just one of my favourite parts of that film is like, as you say, the transition, you know, when she's drinking the milk and the milk's all over her face and she's just like, oh, I've just fell out of a window. That's <laughs> <laughs> my wounds. Well, the <laughs> thing is, though, that, about that film as well, it, we're talking about a comic book film that went, it, it wasn't, I would say it went beyond ridiculous. Like when you think about the premise of it as well, mm-hmm. Penguin was brought up by fucking penguins, not by wolves, by fucking penguins. Penguin. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it like was the, so painful you just accepted it it, it didn't fail oh, no. 
ridiculous. Oh, you know I what I mean? No, I, can't, I completely agree. But that, that's how ridiculous. ridiculous it was. But then Selena Kyle become Catwoman, as you said, because she fell out a window and cats numbed on her finger for a bit. It, I think a massive part of that was that she didn't fall out the window. She was pushed. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. sorry yeah. Sorry, yeah. And I think that that is a huge part of, of like her driving force of, of, of like her turning into Catwoman. Revenge. It's why she's so angry. It's why why she turns into a villain, I guess. Yeah, and I, I love the fact as well, Not uh, like I said, I don't think it's ever been used in the comic. I, again, I could be wrong. The whole nine lives aspect of Catwoman and how she's <laughs> like played on that all the way through, saying, oh, like something happened, that's a life gone down and stuff like that. Um, it's them little things um, that kind of made it a little bit better. And everyone here to creepy crown, clowns and cre- creepy circus as well. And I, I guess Tim Burton had the uh, time of his life creating, like I said, that uh, henchman as well. I don't Amazed. think that's one thing that uh, any of the, all, like, like the, all, the newer Batman films or anything has done where they've had good henchmen. Because yeah. in the comics or even in, like say in the cheesy TV show, even in the cartoon, like the characters always had interest in henchmen or interest in uh, like people like sidekicks that used to not be main characters, but you could tell they were belong to this type of crew. Yes, um, yeah. What about you, Donna? Did, have you got any fond thoughts of uh, the return of the Batman? Um, I quite liked it, um, but I also probably say that mainly because of uh, yeah, Danny DeVito's Penguin. I do think you look at that character and definitely think it's Tim Burton. Like it's so his style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So grotesque. Like the, the, the ducks. Is it the yes. ducks? Yes. Right? It's just so quintessential Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if, if you think of Tim Burton, that's probably one of the first images that comes into your head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the penguins with rocket packs on the back. <laughs> <laughs> no, picking up on what you were saying there, Charlotte, there are so many um, almost like trademark characteristics that feature within all of Burton's films. You've got the the black and white stripes. Mm-hmm. You've got the current image of um, Jack um, Skeleton. He was on the top of the carousel, uh, his head in uh, Beetlejuice when he that became... was the first time Jack Skeleton was ever on film. Yeah, which is just and the fact that, that continuity. He's uh, it's just lush. He's, he just got these um, these oh, just just iconic elements like the way in which he uh, depicts suburban life. These mm-hmm. bright gaudy fake you know mm-hmm. it, it's got an underlying symbolism to it and then obviously like the kind of gothic um everything's so spindly you know <laughs> like, it's almost like something's about to snap off or break like everything looks either perfectly done but almost like if you touched it it would snap, it would it would break like you yeah, couldn't play, you, 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 it was almost like he brought it was brought up with toys that you could never touch <laughs> <laughs> you look at Jack Skeleton and you think, how are you walking on them legs? Yes. <laughs> I tried, right? So remember, he's a little fucking anecdote, right? I remember I got Nightmare Before Christmas on VHS when I was seven, when it came out. So I remember seeing a, a trailer for it. I was like, man, I remember it. She got it for Christmas. And make your own snow globe. And it showed you how to make things out of plastic. And I was like, fuck that. I'm making a Jack Skeleton. Well, of course. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> Stand up, did he? he was just a kid on like a git enveloped body, you know what I mean? Fucking go, go, like definitely very pleased with my efforts. Then I put him in the oven and then he just like mutated. It wasn't a good time. 
that sounds uh, horrific. <laughs> but um, I think, as you said, what like I said, going with the aesthetics, like they used quite monotone colours, but also had striking ones so that they had more of an impact. As you said, with Batman, them ducks, like the brightness of the colours of like, and how that jumped out, like Nightmare Before Christmas, everything was like quite greery and thing until like say it went to Christmas land and the lights and everything kind of shone and, and made it brighter as well. Um, even going from like more recent films like Dumbo and stuff, like everything's quite dark, but then you got the ring top and everything's like shining out and like like bright as out. Um, but yeah, like there's there's been so I, I, when you think about it, he's been involved with so many different things like in the past as well. Um, but I'm quite interested to know what this is going to be the hard one to answer for you is what is your favorite Tim Burton film? I knew well, you were going to ask that, and I have not decided. You have not decided. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to think. I'll tell you what. I'll I'll, I'll break the mold a little bit there, and I'll, I'll go first with this one because it'll oh. always not be one that you think. Um, because I watched this film and not expecting much, and honestly, I cried my eyes out nearly all the way through it. I know uh, what you. Yeah. I Big think fish. I know what you Big fish. Big oh. fish. Big oh. fucking hell. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. I also yeah. Did anybody know <laughs> Thinking about it, mm-hmm. it is just such, oh my God. And yet again, it's that idea of storytelling. Because mm-hmm. uh, earlier about, you know, Renona Ryder as the grand, the grandmother telling the story. Uh, you've got um, Nightmare Before Christmas, that storyteller element of the narrator at the beginning going through the doors. But this, it's just... Um, just the way in which uh, this father who just loves telling these stories, which are just absolutely fantastical, but not living up to reality. And that's what, like, is him and he's on the chalk and she's, he likes the practical. That's see, the way. And then flash and it's fortune yeah, of late. Oh. My tape on that was completely different to that because it, mm. it was the relationship, like, the whole film was about the relationship with. The, the son and the father and how the son never quite understood him but what I liked about it as well is the fact it, I know most of it was probably bullshit but there was hints of truth in like his storytelling he's just his, his dad liked to embellish and make things sound more fantastical so he probably did live this amazing life going through like the wars and I, I say I'm not normally his biggest fan, but Ewan McGregor was absolutely like special, like really, really like amazing mm-hmm. in this film. And as you, as you said, the cast like Ewan McGregor, Billy Cubbert, uh, Albert Finney, uh, Jessica fucking Lang for God's sake, Jessica Lang, um, and Helena Bonham Carter were absolutely fun. And, and that good. little story with Helena Bonham Carter in like the little village. Uh, where where they go to and where they throw the shoes up so that they would yes, never It's such a beautiful thing. And, and when he goes back, like Billy Cogan's character, he finds the actual village and he finds that, that it was actually true and the shoes okay. are still hanging there. It was them little touches that... Um, and again, going to the fantastical, like when his dad's unfortunately going to pass, he doesn't pass in a way because his son takes over the story and tells how his dad turns into the biggest fish and that's how it's in the lake and honestly <laughs> it's amazing and 
I, I know a lot of people give Tim Burton uh, not as much credit when it comes to like storytelling for films wise. Like it's all about the aesthetics, all the looks, mm-hmm. and um, like the shock factor as well. Because he he does he did play that a lot till he went to Disney. Um, but for a beautiful film, it's amazing. It's one of the perf- most perfect films out there. And highly, people Great. forget. People forget because they focus so much on on Tim Burton's style and how he designs films. Because he is an artist. Mm-hmm. When it boils down. To forget how much how much of a beautiful storyteller he can be mm-hmm. and like films like that show why he is such a good director because he, he tells story through film like mm-hmm. nobody else can yeah no i love that one so who wants to go next then <laughs> i'll go next why not um my thing big fish um as i say i know it's based on a book uh, I haven't uh, read the book. It's one of those things that I've always been meaning to do. But um, really hard to find. <laughs> it's, it's one of those films that I picked up because it was Tim Burton. Like I saw it direct by Tim Burton. I was like, oh, you know, let's get it. And I was pleasantly surprised because it was a little bit of a wild card compared to the ones that he's done previous. I mean, there is still elements of like the weird and the grotesque and the macabre, but more to do with, um, as you say, kind of the storytelling element, the embellishment, making it sound better. Because the thing is, it's it's that trying to forge a relationship with his son with this like like fantastical way of, but, but, but the son just doesn't understand. You've got that like clash of yeah. character that goes full circle at the end when he finishes the story himself. But yet again, you've got those recurrent ca- characters, Danny DeVito's in there. Um, was it the lady out of Mars? Is it, is it she's in Mars Attacks? I'm sure. Uh, she's a strange looking lady. I've forgotten. Right. She's been in a few of it. You've just got those recurrent characters there. Um, but one of my favorite parts of it, the Siamese twins. Yeah thing and he makes friends with them and mm-hmm. the funeral at the end where you see the people and you're like oh it's the same yeah. he's but the two separate people so yeah. he's like shit he was like mm-hmm. telling the you know what I mean it's just it's it's absolutely lovely but um one of my favorite other favorite bits is when he's a kid and they go to the haunted house because every place has a haunted mm-hmm. house and you know like <laughs> look into the eye you'll see how you die <laughs> I was very young. <laughs> I was going to Cherry Hill Hospital every Halloween, so don't worry. <laughs> and that kind of because he looks into the eye, he's like, "Miss, I want to see your eye." Uh, <laughs> love the love. <laughs> yeah, the twang, like say the accents and stuff, like Albert Finley as well. Like, oh, 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 I could listen to him talk for hours, just like with that, like say if he, when he was doing that accent, it was it was like kind of like a southern draw as well. It was just absolutely perfect but yeah I, like I say I can't sing highly enough for this film and I don't as I said I don't think it gets the credit it, it deserves especially um with I think I don't know like I say it might have been the time it came out but it was mm. very um wasn't very marketed well or there wasn't any big news about it. I think uh, you know what probably was it was paused because it's an original film without having like I say another sequel or um like I say a big blockbuster but as a story I would always suggest, like, say, one of the best, like, one of the greatest Tim Burton films he's, he's made. I would always suggest that as a go-to for, like, I know, like, 
you could say, oh, watch Edmonton's Hands, watch Beetlejuice, because that's like the quintessential Burton. But I would always say um, for, for people who are not really into the gothy sort of, you know, kind of edgy sort of thing, I would always say Big Fish has got something for everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it, it's an all-rounder. It's just, it's just absolutely lush. Although... I don't think it's very nice that like she's engaged to his mate and he just totally like kind of ruins it for them. I know the men, <laughs> he's, just, he's just this lad who's like, well, that, that, hey, that's my fiance. Well, it was kind of stalkerish, like, wasn't it? I've just been like thinking about you for three years. I'm going to turn up at your house and you're going to marry us. <laughs> it was romantic back in the day though. Like I said I, I told the story about my dad my dad I wouldn't be around if he wasn't a stalker so um, let's have a <laughs> I, I reckon a lot of people will have watched it and not even like North Tim Burton and you and McGregor wow. is perfect for that role but I do have a, a soft spot for you and so alright so with you saying that Donna let's move on to I know you were in, undecided I'm going to put you on the spot now pick one <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know what my favourite is. Can Charlotte go first? Okay, <laughs> no. <let's> go <laughs> I don't think you've decided. Um, you, haven't got, you haven't got to shout to Grant to help you today, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, no, um, yeah, no. So my my favourite Tim Burton film is Corpse Bride. Right, okay. I love that film and it's the music in it. Mm-hmm. It, it's Danny Elfman again. Yeah, oh, um, I, don't, I don't think he's made many films without Danny Elfman. <laughs> but it's 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 the music in it, and it, mm. it was the first like animation Tim Burton had done since the Nightmare Before Christmas, I think. Yes, yeah. correct. Yeah. yeah, and it was it was it, it, I just love it. It was beautiful, mm. and the music in it, and the story, and again the the use of color, like mm-hmm. the land of the living, is very drab and monotone and then you get to the land of the dead and it's like a massive party and it's colorful and it's everybody just living life to the fullest and it's the land of the dead mm-hmm. well, I, I, I just nice. loved it i absolutely love it yeah i, 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 I don't like it <laughs> no, it's a, um it's, it's one of them where everyone keeps on saying you've got to love it you've got to love it but I love the look. Like I say, as I've said before, I am a huge uh, Nightmare Before Christmas fan, but I kind of never got this one. I think it might have been, like I say, one, one of the ones that passed me by. I, I do try and revisit it, but um, I know I, cause I know it's not a Tim Burton, but um, I think Coraline came around at the same time. And I, I know they're completely different, different films, different tones, different things, but Coraline for me, was the darker and more epic uh, type isn't, of story? Isn't Caroline Henry Selick though? Oh, no, no, it's got nothing to do with Tim Burton, but it was just like it was one of them films no. that came out. Yeah, no, is, uh, wasn't Henry Selick connect, connected to Caroline as well though? I think um, you might be correct there because uh, when I was looking at, because obviously um, Nightmare Before Christmas is not directed by Tim Burton. Henry Selick, yeah. Mm. Um, as is uh, James and the Giant Peach. Another... That film so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you can kind of see when they are teamed up, they, they work really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I kind of understand where you're coming from with The Corpse Bride. I went to see it at the cinema. And this is when I think my interest in Tim Burton started to like dwindle a little bit. Uh, because 
nothing it's not about matching like previous because every every film should be its own individual you know kind of exploit but i couldn't help but think well mm, i like the night Vengeance because it's like mm. i think it's all right but i, I, I kind of like um appreciated it mm-hmm. um and i love the characters and the story and the the premise mm-hmm. but it was wasn't one of those um films where i'd be like oh yeah like really excited to watch again i would just watch yeah. like oh i haven't watched that for a while like i'll watch that like mm-hmm. I, I appreciate it but i wouldn't say it was one of my um kind of go-to burton films if i wanted to like have a burton burton marathon sort of thing no, it's, it's a great left field choice though charlotte because things yeah i know that as i said there's there's so many ones that i probably would have thought you would have went for as well <laughs> um but that, that was like to surprise us a little bit but um I can understand why, like I say, that 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 film as well, especially like I say with the um, like I say, because the bride and everything is absolutely beautiful. Like I say, even for like a model and everything, it like I say, everything is done to perfection. It, that's probably it. You know what it is? It didn't have as many flaws as other films, I think. So it was a little bit too pristine and a little too <laughs> polished. Yeah. Yeah. So that that kind of lost it to, to me as well. Yeah. Um. So no, good good choice. So coming to Donna now, have you have you made your mind up or have you just got a long list you're gonna throw at us? I think um I was torn between um Nightmare Before Christmas, which is probably an obvious one for people, and Edward Scissorhands, but I think I'm gonna go Edward Scissorhands. Mm-hmm. Um it's probably the more obvious choice, but I think it's just bit with it being the first one. And mm-hmm. I love Johnny Depp in it and I just love the story, yeah. like it's a beautiful story. So I would say that one. It's such a sad film, though. I don't think it's a happy film. No, no, it's it, not at all. Part, there's parts in it where I'm like inwardly cringing, mm-hmm. like gets uh, caught up in the robbery and mm-hmm. and the, the shame that he feels. And it's just like when he bloody busts the water bed, you're like, you poor sod. And then he the alcohol, and he's like, so, yeah, so don't know what, what aspects. Wait, was it that drew you to this one though? Was it like was it the story or as it was it was it just the pure like weirdness of it? Shall we say? <laughs> I would say probably a mixture of everything. The story, like the fact that the Avon woman just casually goes up and walks into the house and takes <laughs> random scissor guy home. <laughs> but it's yeah, just and... so lovely, you know. She's just like Avon clean. Oh, I'm going to take yeah. you home with me. Mm. <laughs> I had to explain to Alexis what a waterbed was, actually. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's not where you pissed the bed, so don't worry. <laughs> but no, um, and like I say, it was probably the first time I saw Winona Ryder as, as a blonde as well, which kind of threw me for a loop. Um, still doesn't look right. <laughs> no. But, um, oh, no, the goddamn nosy neighbours. You just yes. hate the neighbours. Oh, and, but like, you slowly start to hate them more and more. Mm. And, and the hairstyles get crazier and crazier and like the bushes, like when they start doing dinosaurs and shit like that, that, that was just hilarious. But I just love the tones where the changes going from like uh, when he was in the mad scientists uh, haunted house castle thing, then coming to suburbia and it was like all bright colors and like Diego and he still was um, like I said, this pale uh, poor thing when they try and put him in a shirt as well. It was like, Oh, you poor bastard. Great in society. It was like she tried to like help him, mm-hmm. uh, but I think he helped them. Yeah. His 
his character, his quirks and stuff. I mean, he brought that kind of, you know, the individuality of like the hairstyles and the the um the 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 privet creatures, you know, he brought a little bit of like kind of weirdness that they come to appreciate, but it was that idea in the end that there's, there's no true there was only one person who fully understood him and it was you know, the character of Renona Ryder. Um yeah. just which is heartbreaking and the fact that he goes back and he still has in his mind the image of what she was in the past mm-hmm. and the fact that it never snowed until mm-hmm. she was like alive because it snows mm-hmm. and that like oh it breaks simultaneously warms and breaks my heart it's just like it's oh. it's absolutely one of Johnny Depp's best performances as well oh yeah mm-hmm. oh. it's so simple though like you see mm-hmm. you can you could have overacted that and done like made it ridiculous, but he did play it just the right tone and and everything as well. But what I, I do think why it's probably one of Donna's favorite films as well, just simply because it had the mam in from Lost Boys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the best best uh, mother in eighties eighties uh, teen films. But yeah, <laughs> but no, wow. I, I love I love Edward Scissorhands. Like I, um, it's just like say tonally um. Like say one of the films, and I don't think it's a film that needed a sequel or, or no. needs a sequel. I don't think you can ever do a sequel or ever be remade because it it just wouldn't work. Like say we're telling the same story, and I loved that it was like his dad was Vincent Price as well. Oh, it was his last role, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was one of his yeah. last roles. His dad uh, before he passed away. So yeah. uh, having like say something, and that must have meant a lot for Tim Burton as well to have such oh, an icon because. Mm-hmm. Even the aesthetics for all his films, like oh yeah, he done Frank and Weenie as well, like like the live action, not just the the cartoon mm-hmm. one. Um, before like that was based on Hammer Horror as well, so you can mm-hmm. see that. Yeah, he actually wrote and drew a, a really short film um, when he was quite young. I don't know if he was a teenager; he might have been <laughs> a bit older, but it was called Vincent. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, um, and it was all about Vincent Price. All right, I never knew that. Yeah. So he's like, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I say, when Vincent Price agreed to be in the film, he was just like, oh, total fanboy. Oh my yeah, God. and it's, it's, especially like it must mean so much to him now because it was, it's probably the film that got him a bit more noticed mainstream. Yeah, oh, 100%. That's when. And for, he, it to, mm-hmm. for it to be Vincent Price's last role as well. Like, yeah. I, I remember, like I said, Edward Scissorhands blown up when that came out. I know Beetlejuice was big and and stuff like that, but I think Edward Scissorhand was what, like, say, the one that just went skyrocketing. Went with mm-hmm. anything he can pretty much do anything he wanted after that. Mm-hmm. Um, most companies just give him thing, but he has made some some weird and wonderful films as well. I remember like one of the early films I watched as a kid was uh, Pee Wee's uh, Big Big Adventure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was like uh, when he was going for his film. bike and. Yeah, trying to get his bike and having uh, the pervert that is Pee Wee Herman. Uh, <laughs> he was in um, Batman Returns as well, wasn't he? Wasn't he Penguin's dad? Was he? Sure he was. I'll, have to, I'll have to look into that. I didn't know, but sure um, he was. possibly. All, the vampire, the Pee Wee is the vampire in uh, the film Buffy right. the Vampire. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, He's the one that overacts, going, ooh, ah, <laughs> ee, ah, ooh. <laughs> But now picking back up with uh, Edward Scissorhands, um, I remember I won second prize at a church fete for dressing up as Edward Scissorhands. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. My, <laughs> my, my hair 
put talc on my face and with an old red lipstick and the air uh, the, the, the like the the not the like the blunt side of a knife did like little cuts and stuff and you know how did the scissor hands mm-hmm. all right then wrapped then, my fingers in tin foil that's the safest way i, I like yeah, i thought you would have actually used real well, scissors yeah. no i thought you were saying you duct tape scissors to your hands <laughs> we wrapped my fingers in tin foil and the guy who judged the uh, competition was uh, the one, he was in Biker Grove. He had long hair. To be fair, had... everyone's been in Biker Grove. That's the, the claim to fame, sorry. Someone cut his ponytail off. I got second prize there. Fucking, um, some guess, I'm sure someone was dressed as like Mary, you know. Right. Because they had to win. And he was just like, oh, will you show everyone your scissor hands? And I just stood there going. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got a Toblerone. I want a oh. toddler one. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, like, there was a lot of stories afterwards. I, I think with Tim Burton, after he made these films and got his big, that he, he's probably, I, I don't know, it's, it's always with Hollywood and I think that his ego did take over. Um, that, like, say, coming to what, what like, say, I know Donna, you mentioned that one of your favourite films was Nightmare Before Christmas, which is an absolutely beautiful, beautiful amazing film but then when you watch because you thought Tim Burton had more to do with that than he actually did yeah. but then when you watch that show like say the, the, the films that made you I couldn't believe like say no he had the original concept and he had the I like say the idea of a few of the characters but that was it then he went off swanned off he gave everyone else the job and, and left and thing then if someone dared argue, like, disagree or anything he was completely like apparently from what they were telling us, it was a complete knobhead. He fell out with Danny Elfman uh, whilst working on that. Yeah, because he recast his voice. Because he told yeah. promised to me it could be Jack Skelton's voice and said, no, yeah. sorry. <laughs> the-, the differences, thankfully, yeah. because uh, to be honest, I don't think his films would have been the same without Danny Elfman. Hmm. No, uh, Danny Elfman's music makes Tim Burton's films what they are. are. Hand in hand, you know, you can't have one without the other. So to be honest, um, I'm glad he kind of, you know, Mm-hmm. The, the patched up the differences I really hope Tim Burton like I don't know got him a really good fruit basket or something as well. <laughs> he, Danny Elfman got paid that, that's similar as that he got paid <laughs> but, but I mean like because the thing is I don't think you can't yeah, they have such you can see the camaraderie of how they work together in the films because it matches so well I don't think you could have like unless they had like a good relationship with each other you know I don't think it was just the money I think it was just like do you know what we work well together and we need to work together to make these films as amazing as they became do you know what I mean see I wasn't I wasn't that surprised by the movie that made the thing that surprised me about the movie that made us uh, about Nightmare Before Christmas was that it wasn't heavily featured on Tim Burton because I've got books and books and books on, on it so I, I knew I knew that predominantly it was Tim Burton's idea but that was it mm-hmm. so yeah. I really liked the fact that they took the credit and gave it to the people who actually made the film yes that was the animators the, the director the, the script writers the director the the people who were there physically shooting three seconds of film a day yeah 12 mm-hmm. hours a day in because I've always said like as much as I love it and as much as I, I love Tim Burton, he gets way too much credit for that film. Yeah, yeah. 100%. He does, 
yeah, like fair yeah. enough you can always have that idea like and I, like i'm not saying i'm tim burton but like i said I, I did come up when i came up with the idea when nearly up north it's not my baby anymore everyone who's involved is, has took that and ran with it and made it what it is i can't take credit for that anymore like i say all i did was come up with an idea but i think with tim burton especially because I know Disney didn't want anything to do with it. It was too dark, too scary. So instead of putting Walt Disney's Nightmare Before Christmas, they put Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas and give it to, uh, was it Touchstone, uh, the, the, the Disney uh, cast-off one. where uh, It was kind of owned by Disney, but they didn't like to put the, the, their name to it type thing. It was so, more for the like more adult films, wasn't it? Because I yeah. think 10 Things I Hate About You was Touchstone and things like mm-hmm. that. No, definitely. Yeah. But it just shows that, like say, certain things and certain perceptions of it I kind of think like they were saying that he would only come in for a day and then start kicking walls and kicking off saying this isn't what I wanted but how do they know you'd not the what it's want it's what you wanted if you're not fucking here. Yeah so. either he working on was it Batman Returns at the same time? Yeah. So he was hardly ever there. Mm-hmm. Because Warner Brothers was giving him the Warner Brothers money, the DC money there. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but because um, he, I think he, after that he was well, he was given the option to do um, the next Batman film, Batman, which was Batman for, wasn't Batman Forever, it was Batman no Batman Forever, then Batman Robin, because he was supposed to be involved and he turned it down. Uh, and that's why he turned the wall down as well because he wanted to work with uh, Tim Burton. So that's when they got Val Kilmer involved. Yeah, search. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, he also turned down Gremlins. Good. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. I think Tim Burton's Gremlins, I, I kind of want to see, but no, no, I'm, I could live my life the same without time, that. It, no. I, I think Gremlins was probably kind of scary enough for the audience. Yeah. It was. I, I don't Burton think. I, just... <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I think it would have been a bit too cartoony uh, with, yeah. with Gremlins. I don't think that would have. Uh, been yeah. my my bag but I, like see the funniest hollywood story i heard um was uh, kevin smith tells the story any chance you get it's it's hilarious um basically because when uh before tim burton got involved with the infamous superman film because tim burton was oh, actually yeah. going to be made making superman and guess who was supposed to be playing superman nicholas cage nicholas cage <laughs> and they had him in had him in outfits and everything as well um, this, this, the, the images have been released. It's, it's, it's weird, um, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but basically, before Tim Burton took over, uh, they hired Kevin Smith to write the script for Superman because they thought big nerd, big Superman fan. Uh, where can it go wrong? So Superman. So he, he wrote this script that invo- involved like Brainiac, uh, Crypto was in the dog. Um, uh, like there was a big battle scene in um, the, Fortu- the Fortress of Solitude. Like, see, so you can get the script online. It, it's absolutely amazing. Like, it's it's one of the, it's it's it, when I read it, it's unfilmable. Uh, it's that fantastical, but it's it's Kevin Smith doing Superman, and um, he took it to the producers uh, who were making it, and Kevin Smith was like, okay, so what changes have you made? He goes, you know what, uh, Superman needs to fight. He's good. Okay, what? What's the what, what's the most deadliest thing you can ever think of? What ma- what men are terrified of? And he goes, okay, what? He went, Superman needs to fight a giant fucking spider. <laughs> so Kevin Smith was like, I've went through all the law, went through all the backstories. Superman has never fought a giant spider. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. 
But this, this, but this Hollywood producer at Warner Brothers went, spiders are terrifying. Everyone gets scared of spiders and he should do it. So Kevin Smith was like, fuck this shit. Uh, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll see what we can do. So yeah, he, he never wrote a giant spider into it. I will come to Tim Burton bit in, in a second. Just this bit's hilarious. Um, the producer ended up getting fired from the film um, and moved on to a different film. Well, not fired, got to uh, produce another film. Guess what film he produced? With Will Smith and Calvin Klein, Wild Wild West. Oh, God. And what was the big bad guy with uh, in it? Kenneth Brother on a giant robotic spider. Big spider. <laughs> so yeah, so he got his giant spider that fucking flopped. So um, so after this producer got let go, they brought Tim Burton on to direct uh, Superman. So they introduced Kevin Smith. They still had Kevin Smith writing for the script. Uh, it gave Tim Burton the, <laughs> the next day. Kevin Smith was fired <laughs> uh, from from uh, Superman because because it wasn't Tim Burton's vision. But he wouldn't even really meet with Kevin Smith or explain why. So for years, Kevin Smith has, has signed this script because, as I said, you can download it off the internet. And at the top, he always writes, "Fuck you, Tim Burton." <laughs> For, for making him lose, he's like um, he's what he's what he classed as his dream job back then. Tim Burton was quite known for doing that though. He um after Batman one came out, mm-hmm. yeah, after Batman one came out, he was banned from all Comic Con events because right. of how much he'd deviated from the comic comics. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they I, just I didn't know, like it. <laughs> it's all like I say. I'm all about well. To be fair, I've always had to be ranting about the Batman, so I'm not going to go into there and get all upset again. But I think with a lot of uh, aspects, he does that, and it, I don't think it's a bad thing at times. Like sometimes it works, sometimes um, it it does. Like I, I know a lot of people love uh, Sleepy Hollow, but I love Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the middle with Sleepy Hollow. I love. I love the aspects. I love the, the vision, but I don't like Johnny Depp in it. And that's hard because I, I like Johnny Depp in most things. I love him. And like, yeah. and, and like I go back to 21 Jump Street, like thing, and think, think he was good in that. But um, I just don't think he, the, it's, a, it's, it's a weird role for him. And I don't get the aspects how his mom was killed in the, like the, the what was it? The, 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 the Iron Man. Yeah. I maiden, that's what I was trying to say. And <laughs> how he becomes scared of blood and, and that aspect. Um, and how the blood looked like tomato ketchup. It never looked quite like tomato ketchup. It, it I mean, was supposed to be like Burton's homage to Hammer Horror, though, wasn't it? It was supposed mm-hmm. to look cheesy and, and a bit fake and mm-hmm. a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. Nothing does pay homage. I love the fact that he pays homage to the things that like made him, which... Uh, leads me to something that I think gets a really like bad rap and I don't know why. And mm. I love I love Mars attacks. Thank you. I don't like Master. Master upsets, but I like this master because <laughs> it's little guns up to his mouth. Hey, yeah. Fancy making like a funny film or something. Oh, no. oh, no. Sarah Jessica Parker's hate on a dog. Fucking class. I said this. I, yeah. I said this is one of my disaster movies, and everybody was like, no, it's crap. Yeah. It's fucking mint. No. <laughs> um, it's basically War of the Worlds done poorly, and the fact that they, they spend the film just going, ak, 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 
just tell you what the fuck they're saying would be yeah, more funny. Like subtitles, that, <laughs> subtitles would have been comedy. And then, like I said, ripping off War of the Worlds again with uh, instead of like the cold virus having this horrendous song killing off all the aliens and making their brains explode was just the cast though, like the cast, yeah. oh, the it should cast have been brilliant. absolutely amazing. Yeah. But it is a bit cheesy and stressful, it's it? But it is a bit. It should have been hilarious. <laughs> no, I agree. It should have been hilarious. But the, there were so many missed opportunities. Like visually, you won't get a more beautiful film. And I think... Um, oh, I, it's a laugh. I love it because it's a laugh. They're not taking themselves seriously at all. The roles are ridiculous. Fucking Tom Jones, man. And I'd, I'd rather that. watch Planet of the Apes. I'd rather watch Tim Burton's oh. Planet of the Apes. Oh, that's going to be far <laughs> You know what? Like I say, I, I do understand people's take on it, but I see this film as just, it wasn't set out to be a blockbuster. It's a bit of fucking fun. Oh, um, it, they, I can see the visually that they spent money on this, so they wanted to make money back. Yeah. But, probably but like in my mind, like I just see it as for what it is. And it is just a bit of fucking fun. Um, Jack Black's hilarious in it. It, you it know, should have been. It, it, it could have been so much better, though. No, but as as I say, like he's paying homage to like yeah, you know those collectie cards back in the day, the B movie sort of mm. horror. I See, love, love, love Martin Short. Mm-hmm. I introduce. That's that's why I'm. A, 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 I always get a little bit skeptical when it comes. We're well, not skeptical. Like there's a. I think there's a fine line between homage and ripping off. Yeah, and I think. I, Certain, and I think certain films he does it well. Yeah, and this, this one, one he rips off more than he pays homage to. Oh, I just hilarious. With the cows on fire, that used to make me upset. <laughs> I think that's yeah. why, like, his more recent films, I fell out of love with a bit because he he doesn't pay homage to mm-hmm. like his influences and what made him want to get into films and things like that. As, mm. as much, like, I hated what he, I know we don't use that word, but I hated what he did to the Miss Peregrine series, that film. Mm. I won't watch it. I won't watch it. Books. That, probably I, I, one of my absolute favourite series of books, like, yeah. recently. And the film, like, when I heard Tim Burton's doing Miss Peregrine, I was like, mm. yes, this is it. This is what, this is what he was made to do. And then I saw, like, what we got yeah, and it just—it didn't feel like a Tim Burton film, and I think he's losing that a little bit. Yeah, because he's, he's going he's, more studio. Yeah, he's he's more like saying because I think back when he was doing like for example Edward Scissorhands, Beetlejuice, it was all practical effects. Now mm-hmm. it's a CGI mess with a lot of the stuff, especially like you say Dumbo and um, like say with with Miss Peregrine as well. As it, it's it had such a rich in interest in. Like what could have been like the story that could have told, I, I guess. Um, what about you, Donna? I, 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 did, I, I, do you disagree or do you agree with anything we're saying here? <laughs> Sorry, I'm quiet. Um, <laughs> well, I'll go back to um, Sleepy Hollow first. I have not been able to get through the full uh, movie. Mm-hmm. I always get to about halfway through and I either get sidetracked, I get bored or fall asleep and I can't get through that one. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 if I think if I, I need to watch it all the way through to get the full picture, but I can't mm-hmm. get to, to that one. Um, and um, the one you're talking about, Charlotte, I actually went to the cinema to see that when it came out. So I, I haven't read the books, obviously, but 
I get what you mean. It just wasn't that good. I remember being excited for it. I can't actually not really remember the much much of the movie now. So yeah, I think I think that's the problem with it as well. It's not memorable, and it should have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but again, I I, I, funny... I, sorry, sorry. Oh, what I was going to say about what I was going to say about Donna said about Sleepy Hollow as well. Yeah, because it, it it there's certain bits where you flag. And it mm-hmm. and like I said, there's there's lulls. I know like you want like tones and valleys and stuff when it comes to films. You don't want it always to be straight at the ten or straight thing, but it it kind of lulls too long as well. So it, if you if you if it if you're not paying your full attention, you, you're not going to be sitting there. It won't grip you. But yeah, sorry about that, Charlotte. No, I was going to say if I don't know if anybody's read the books, but if you read the if you've read the Miss Peregrine books, they are yeah. made for Tim Burton. And I yeah. think maybe that's that's what he's trying to do. You, you hear things like Sleepy Hollow and you hear things like Miss Peregrine. You hear things like he's doing the Adams Family and you think, yes, this is made for Tim Burton. I'm a little and bit he tries, about that now. And he tries to maybe give something, give people something unexpected mm-hmm. rather than giving, Stick to giving what, he's people, got. what p- people what they want, what he's known for, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, which no, is I, where I think maybe he's going he's going a little bit off yeah I, I, I agree yeah I agree yeah. with a lot of that like I say with he's in he's maybe changing things for change and sake but he's he's kind of lost the darkness element as well he's got a lot of stuff where it's still got the same tones and stuff like Dumbo I think he went too opposite and like certain characters just had no redeeming features but a lot of the like characters in previous Burton has redeeming features and to be honest as a cartoon Dumbo is one of the scariest and most upsetting cartoons like when uh, the elephants on parade that song comes on you you, you never like nightmare f- just for, for life there's only Pinocchio I think that's scarier when it comes to Disney cartoons but um, let's just hope Tim Burton stays the fuck away from that but um <laughs> can't watch Dumbo because there's an elephant in it. I can't watch any films with animals because my dogs go fucking late. All right. Mm. So I can't <laughs> with animals or anything. It's it's hilarious. But I really mirror um your like <sighs> what you were saying, Charlotte, about really being excited to see, you know, Miss Peregrine. My love for Tim Burton was lost with Alice in Wonderland. Um, I am a massive fan of the Disney film, obviously a massive fan of the books. Um, you, the, you know what I mean? Just absolutely John. And when I heard he was doing it, I was just, as you oh my God, this is it. Ah! I I'm going to get into Wonderland because <laughs> <laughs> I can do this for hours. <laughs> and it was released. It also, they also released the Alice in Wonderland DS game, which I it bought. Is. I bought it. Then I went to the cinema on my own to watch it and bask under the light of Burton. And I sat there like this. There was a lot of choices in the film. Visually, it was stunning. It really was. Visually, it it was beautiful. But it just, it wasn't Alice in Wonderland. No. The first time I saw it, I was like, yes, this is brilliant. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I got home and I thought about it and I was like, no, is it? It was Alice in Burtonland. That was the problem. Uh huh. I was like, was- I can see what he's trying to do, and what he should have just done. Alice in Wonderland. It was almost like it was a sequel, but it wasn't a sequel. Yeah. And I'll, I, I still say that visually, it was it was brilliant. Mm. I really visually, I really enjoyed it. 
it's one of them things where you hear about it and you think everything ticks the box, but it was almost like he was scared to pull the trigger. As you said, it was kind of like a sequel to Alice without being a sequel. Yeah, um, yeah. It was like, what happened now if she's a little bit older and she goes to thing? Um, and again, I know doing Wonderland's always going to be hard, but the amount of CGI they did use, like on Twinkle D and Twinkle Dumb, was un- unnecessary. Ridiculous. Um, yeah. Ridiculous. It was fucking ridiculous. Uh, I found it. I did, um, like the actress who played Alice, I thought she did really well. I yes. love Bing Glover. Chris Bing Glover is just, he is my spirit animal. I fucking love him. He's weird he's class just a fantastic character when like as him you know what I mean but it, I just it just felt like oh you've got Helena Bonham Carter in because she's your bird and like I just oh this underland do you know what yeah. I'm mind of mm-hmm. in underworld out of Coronation Street where they make bras and knickers <laughs> oh. a lot a lot of the cast I did like I loved uh, Michael Sheen as the White Rabbit yeah. Yes. I loved I loved that. Uh Alan Rickman as Absalom. Yeah. Alan Rickman yes. as Absalom. Um was, was brilliant. Tashi Cat, it, it had all the staples of amazingness, but mm-hmm. it was black. It was I think Anne, Anne Hathaway looked amazing. Yeah. Oh, she really yeah. did. She was brilliant. So it, it it did have all the ingredients. It just wasn't it didn't do just wasn't right i guess yeah no i, I yeah it's it's a difficult one because like I say i think everyone's got it, it's just, i think it will be i think not it's not a tim burton film but the remake well not the remake the sequel that came out uh returned oz not um not the scary one which what was the one that was there uh, star star james franco um oz the oh, great and oz the great and powerful yeah. Oh yes. Because everyone's got a vision of what um, the Wizard of Oz and, like, say, Oz, like, say, looks like, and how the feel should be. And if you don't get it the, the right, it doesn't fit and it doesn't sit in. And it's, I think, it's the same with uh, Wonderland. Everyone's got that idea, and I don't think many people have got a different idea to what what Wonderland should be or anything like that. So when you deviate away too far from the beaten track what you what you believe or uh, like say Wizard of Oz it's hard to accept and yeah. then I, sorry I always cut Alice in Wonderland Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland a little bit of slack because I'm such a fan of Tim Burton because I'm such mm. a fan of Alice in Wonderland yeah. I think my expectations going in were really high mm-hmm. yeah yeah you are, I the, think that... you, are the, you are the queen of Wonderland to be fair <laughs> <laughs> that was my problem as well I mean it was I mean I've got like Alice in Wonderland tattoos. I've always been a massive fan. Um, I was over the moon when Vivian Westwood brought out her own like Alice in Wonderland like kind of copy of the book. I was just like, oh, I was the sort of person like, oh my god, I've heard about it. I'll get it the day it's released. <laughs> sort of stuff. And uh, but it just it really fell flat with me. And it was, do you know what? I left with this plastic smile on my face, thinking that oh, wasn't so bad. I, I, still can't believe I, got, I don't know how I got a sequel. That was the thing, but the oh, sequel was worse. Talk the, about sequel, the sequel was even. <laughs> the sequel was because like, the thing is with Tim Burton, he doesn't do too many sequels. So I was surprised that yeah. this came out. And God, was the sequel Tim Burton? 
Was the I'm sequel sure. Tim Burton? I'm, was it? Was it was, not? Oh, it, it felt like a Tim Burton. <laughs> it felt. It did feel like. I can't remember that actually was. Yeah, the sequel wasn't good. I've never actually watched the sequel, but um, I didn't actually. I mean, I didn't love it, but I didn't mind the first one. But I think um, you know, I'm not as much of an Alice in Wonderland fan as you and Kelly, so that's probably why. <laughs> Yeah, Toby's no. probably more of a fan of Alice, uh, like the game, the dark uh, Alice in the dark world, like I say, with all the chains and the whips and stuff. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I must say, I brought some little friends because um, I knew I was going to like upset myself with the Alice chat, but it had to be said because, as I say, it was it was a it was a moment where I kind of coped through Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and it was nice. No, we're not for- talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> no. The music and it was good. No. It's good. The but music I'm... and it was great. <laughs> no. Staring girl from the melancholy death of Oyster Boy. Yes, I have. <laughs> Boy. I have. I have. I have trash girl. And one of my personal favorites, the boy with nails in his eyes. Uh, yeah, I love him. <laughs> Yeah, can we not talk about uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Valley? I, I don't think I can handle it. Sorry, um, that, that's that, that's trauma that I don't think I can take. I, 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 I'm a like huge Roald Dahl fan, and I love the Gene Wilder one, even though Roald Dahl hated it. But the travesty it was, that they did. It was true out of the books. It was, but again, you think Roald Dahl, Tim Burton, match made in heaven, and it, and it wasn't. Quite, it didn't quite work. I never nah, got over the, Johnny Depp's teeth in that film. I just couldn't stop looking at them. Nah, only collaboration I've enjoyed for Roald. I mean, I did like James and the Giant Peach to a I point. I love James and the Giant Peach. It was <laughs> weird. Giant Peach. George's Marvelous Medicine on Jack and Nori with fucking Rick Mail. That is... Yeah. We've just finished reading, because um, was it... Um, my son watched uh, Fantastic Mr Fox, the Wes Anderson film, and he loves it. So I said, we've got the book. Do you want me to read it? I've been reading a few chapters tonight. He bloody loved it. We've read that, we've read the twits, and we've just finished George's Marvelous Medicine, and he thought it was absolutely amazing. And I am going to, like, get him to watch, you know, kind of, because I just loved it, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. as you say, it's, you would think Roald Dahl and Tim Burton go well, and it just, as I say, his later escapades, Burton fell flat with me, but it's 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 a good job. He's got redeeming features, Um mm-hmm regards to his earlier exploits which I, I adored but I think as, you think that's Tim Burton coming out now I'll be like nah I'll, I'll, I'll give it a give Dumbo a miss I'm quite happy that my dogs don't like animals so I don't watch it you know the, what I mean golden, I think the golden age of Burton was the 90s 1990 yeah. oh, onwards was, was the golden age of Burton when, I agree wholeheartedly when he was allowed to just do what he wants to do but again you don't know if it's the studio or if it's just him just like winging it now to saying I can just put my name to anything and people would say it but I think that again I know you mentioned it earlier Charlotte um, with what's coming out next like with him doing the Adams Family uh, it's not uh, Adams Family sorry it's Wednesdays Wednesday doing, yeah yeah where it, it's having like uh, Wednesday all grown up uh, I think Catherine Zeta-Jones is playing uh, Morticia I am isn't it uh, Luis Guzman is Gomez Yes, yeah. Which um, I think could work. I, I kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, it doesn't have to be handsome and de- it just has to be charming mm-hmm. and worships. Um... I'm really interested to see how he translates from movie to TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Because 
as I might be wrong, but I don't think he's done television before, has he? I don't think so. Not like he's done documentaries or like shorts yeah. and stuff like that, but he's never done like a, a limited series or anything like that mm-hmm. at all. Well, to be honest, I don't think he can go anywhere when it comes to films anymore because, like, say, these latest ones, as you said, um, Dark Shadows, which was a, was a bit of a miss. Um, yeah. Miss Peregrine, Dumbo. I don't know if his contract with Disney's run out, so I don't know if he's going to be making any others. I don't think there's any other uh, live action ones that would fit with the ter- uh, the Tim Burton. Maybe I wouldn't mind seeing his version of Peter Pan. Yeah, Big Eyes. I don't know if anybody's seen it. Um, based on an artist, and I can't remember her name, in the 60s, I think it was. And it wasn't, it wasn't a typical Tim Burton film. It was just a he was telling the telling the story of this of this artist who, um, you, you'll know you'll know the paintings because the paintings are quite classically girls with big eyes, mm. um, but a husband took all the credit for mm-hmm. for her art and then divorced right. her and she got nothing for it Man. and it's just a it's a character piece like yeah. there's a few elements of Tim Burton in there like visually in that but it, it's just a character piece and it it's it's probably one of his better more recent films. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like um, because it's just storytelling. Yeah, yeah I like Frank and Weenie. Um, I noticed Frank that. Frank and Weenie. Um, I didn't like. I, I enjoyed the original, but I did enjoy this. And um, was it the soundtrack was lovely? He's got uh, Karen O on there in the yeah, yeah, yeah. just like one of the the, the band sings this. What I love now is that I can put a Tim Burton film on, like such as like Nightmare Before Christmas. I mean, he's obsessed with Nightmare Before Christmas, Huxley, my son. Uh, he knows all the songs, the words and everything. He loves it. And he's got his outfit and stuff. We watch Frank and Weenie and he loved that. And it's nice because um, a little bit like what you were saying earlier, Donna, like get daughter to watch Edward Hands. I do hope at some point I'll watch other films with him. Like, I know I watched Beetlejuice when I was four. The idea of letting my son watch Beetlejuice like put shivers down my spine. What the hell is like child abuse, you know? But but at some point I think he'd appreciate it and enjoy it. Um, but as I say, um, his later exploits, apart from Frank and Weenie, it's a big big thumbs down from me. I'd I'd, I'd love to see him do some more animation. Yeah, he does animation brilliantly, and I'd love to see him get back to that. Yeah, just take it, take it back a few steps. No, mm-hmm. um, but like I said, just before we continue, because as it, as we're talking about music as well, we might as well talk about because um, I know I'm not a big fan of it, but uh, Donna and Charlotte both said they enjoyed it, so I'll let you talk about the fro- uh, the throw into the musical aspect, <laughs> shall we say? <laughs> oh no, I'm I'm in your camp, Paulie. Like <laughs> yes, but I, like I said, they they like it, so we'll give them a chance to talk about it. So. <laughs> Let's, let's face it though, if, if Tim Burton's going to do a musical, it's going to be about putting people in pies, isn't it? Yeah! <laughs> I just love the um, title though. I did love the title. Sweeney, Sweeney Tob, the, de- the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. And again, having, oh, uh, like I said, Johnny Depp and um, Helena Bonacarda. I know, like I said, yeah. he, he likes them, but. They are perfect casting. I just oh, wish it wasn't all. I just wish it wasn't all singing. That's all because Johnny Depp cannot sing. I think that's that's more to do with the stage show because the stage yeah. show is predominantly singing as well. Um, and obviously with it being a Stephen Sondheim mm-hmm. stage show originally, you don't really mess with that too much. 
<laughs> no, I, no, I agree. I, see, I know it, it, it's probably down to my personal preference or anything like that, but uh, I think, it got old quite quickly, I think, for me. I was quite surprised at Helen, Helen, Helena Bonham Carter's voice, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah. But I remember, because I was really excited for this when it came out, I saw it on really soon. I, I, I still really love it. It's, it's mm-hmm. probably a bit of a guilty pleasure because not many people do, but I still really love it. And I remember Helen, Helen uh, I can't even say any now, Helena Bonham it- Carter watching an interview with her and she was saying like this was her dream role it, like mm-hmm. since she saw it when she was a kid and from like being tiny she she just wanted to be Mrs Lovett yeah um to the point where he made her audition for it and he made her prove she could sing and he, it wasn't just like the other like other mm-hmm. films where he was like okay like, yes yes you can have the part he, he made her work for this one yeah um but yeah I, I really do love it what really like the whole accents as well, like the London style accent, to just suits it so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can tell such a like a, a, tra- a trained actress. You know what I mean? She's just so good at what she mm-hmm. does. And uh, she was she was pregnant for a lot of the filming as well. So a lot of the I didn't know that. Yeah, so a, a lot of a lot of the um a lot of the more like physical scenes because Mrs. Lovett has quite a few physical scenes. So a lot of, a lot, towards the end, um, mm-hmm. they they set up like. I think he spent like a large portion of the budget just making sure she was safe because obviously she was pregnant with his kid. I could yeah. barely move when I was up there. <laughs> you, you had like a stick thing, so it didn't work. Um, Thank so, you. so don't know what, what was it that it was it just basically like generally because it's a bit sinister and a bit dark. Is that why what drew you to the dark side there, Donna? I guess so. I don't I don't really know why I like it so much. I think it is just the style and you know, like I know you're a big fan of musicals as well, though, aren't you? So that yeah, that probably add to it. But I actually, I don't mind uh, he's singing in it. Actually, I was listening to the soundtrack earlier when I was getting ready. For some reason, when I was listening to it, I was like kind of thinking, like, um, imagining what like Hugh Jackman would be in that style. <laughs> of course, you were. <laughs> to be fair, you just imagine Hugh Jackman in any style. That's that's probably the best thing for you, don't it? Because the style of the singing, like the style of the singing that he had in it, kind of. Mm-hmm. I felt like he was trying to go for like a style of Hugh Jackman and his singing voice. Yeah, it reminds us a lot of Les Miserables, the the movie that when when that came out, it was a, a lot similar. But as I said, with the darker thing. But to be fair though, if you were going to say you imagine Hugh Jackman, it'd be on all fours. Don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not uh, going to get through a podcast without mentioning Hugh Jackman. Or Hugh Jackman, <laughs> yes. Like, at least it's not like Doctor Cox in uh, hating Hugh Jackman, so that's fine. But um. The cast in this was absolutely up there as well. Like as you said, Johnny Depp, Helena Bonacartner, Alan Rickman, uh, uh, Timothy Spall as well, and and Sasha Bond. Uh, look, I'll take his word. Sasha Bond Cohen. Um, it's probably the only film that I can stand him in. I'm not a big mm-hmm. fan of him, and I, I, I thought he was great in this. Yeah, yeah. When, he, when he does serious, he does serious well. Mm-hmm. He does he musicals do. really well. Mm-hmm. Like he was in um, well, him and Helena Bonham Carter were in uh, Les Mis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were yeah. brilliant in it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it's sometimes if he doesn't take himself so seriously, though. But um, but yeah, um, I think with a, with any type of because with even being as controversial as he is, because I think he is a controversial director for not his views, but for the fact that he didn't go with the grain and wanted to stand out and be different at a time where everyone was going saying this is how you have to fit in. I think he'll always be as iconic for that and he'd give us so much with um when you think about 
because you think of Tim Burton, you think there's a plethora of uh, of like films out there, but there's not there's not as many as you probably would think with other directors or other producers. But I think mm-hmm. his quality stood head and shoulders above a lot more, and that's why he's probably stood the the stood the test of time. Yes, and, yes. And we're still talking about him today. Like, say, not many directors now started in the eighties and now in 2022 and we're still excited or interested in films that that they are involved in like how many Mm. many directors like probably Spielberg and a lot of his films have aged really well like you could Mm. you could put Edward's hands on now and because it's all practical effects it's Mm -hmm. aged really well yeah yeah and and there's not many there's not many directors that you can you can say that about no Edward's hands is 30 30 years ago now. Fuck all. You could watch it tomorrow and yeah. it, it doesn't have, it's not dated, it doesn't have sort of, sort of exists outside of time. Like you, mm-hmm. you could put it on now and be like, oh, well, this, this was based mm-hmm. five years ago. To be fair, it sounds a lot like me. I just exist outside <laughs> of time a lot, a lot of the things in your own little mind. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure my wife would agree with that one. But, uh, <laughs> But yeah, um, no, this week I, I watched um, Ed Wood for the first time. Actually, I hadn't oh, seen it before. Ed Wood, strange. I watched well, but because I had night shift the previous morning, I fell asleep halfway through and yeah. woke up at three o'clock in the morning on the set. And I was like, Where am I? Where am I? <laughs> so, you were actually Ed Wood then. Um, so, so, so what did you think of it then, Donna? I actually quite enjoyed it. Um, and I noticed the uh, uh, Kingpin was in it. What's it called? Mm-hmm. Vincent. Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh. He's in yeah. everything. <laughs> He's in everything, isn't he? I yeah, quite enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. like, I think Johnny Depp did really good in that style, like the wacky yeah. director style. Mm. Oh, I think it's very eclectic. Um, I don't think many people, like if you like Tim Burton, you probably would be more going to it but if you if you showed it to someone like now that had no idea who Tim Burton was or any of his previous work they'll probably watch it and go what the fuck am I watching it absolutely bombed at the box mm. office oh, it yes. absolutely bombed didn't it yeah. yeah I think it only got a resurgence uh, like 10-15 years after it was released with a lot of films like found its uh, found its voice on uh, VHS or DVD and um, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of Tim Burton's films have done that because I mean, like Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, as huge as it is, as huge as it is now, it's got a cult following now. Oh yeah, yeah, cult. (laughs) Like as huge as huge as it is now, the merchandise is everywhere, and everybody knows it. Mm -hmm. It didn't do that great when it first came out. Disney Disney went all over it now, don't they? (laughs) Exactly, but on release, on release, it it kind of people by yeah, yeah I, i'm quite grateful that um i got into it when it originally came out like it like i was in like the thick of it and it was just one of these films that no i, I used to talk about it at school and everyone was like what are you talking about watch toy story or something and i was just like no nightmare before christmas and you know it, something that really just i used to I, I actually wore out my vhs from watching it that much i adored it so so much so I feel really grateful that, like, you know, 
I was there when it happened, you know what I mean? Uh, and it's so lovely that I can bond with my son over our, like, kind of, you know, joint love about it. As you say, because the timeless, like, aspect of it, which is just so lush, you yeah. You think, because when you think about family films that sort of gap between generations and get passed down, you think Disney and and all that, but Tim Tim Burton does it quite well because, like like Donna said, she sat and watched Edward mm. hands and probably enjoyed it even more because you were watching it with your daughter for the first time. Yeah, yeah I was like, I kept looking over like proudly because she was like glued, like she, she was, normally she'd like halfway through a movie, like, oh, I want to go on my phone, go upstairs or whatever, but she did not with this one. I was yeah. quite impressed. <laughs> no, that's that's cool. That's a really nice moment, and I said that, like I said, it goes back to how Lady Up North started as well. Because me, uh, me two, me, like I said, one of my good friends, Julie, who uh, I've told the story many times. I'll keep telling the story because I absolutely love it. Is the fact that she showed her two bands, uh, the Goonies, for the first time, and she took videos and photos of their reactions, like how they were scared and how. Uh, engrossed and how they cheered at certain points and it just shows you how special films can be and yeah. I know probably back in the day it was probably books you're passing on your favourite books but there's a, there's a difference between sitting there and reading a book with someone to sitting there and experience something that's like live like if you go to the stage or like, I can still remember the first time I saw Wicked and, and hearing Defying Gravity I can still remember when uh, uh, sloth um save chunk by s- s- coming down the seal um like yeah. when forrest gump says i love you jenny that these are the aspects that stay with you and you can remember forever and yeah. when yeah. you share them with your family and share them with someone that you care about it means that much more yeah. i think that's why tim burton stands out because like his his golden age was the 90s and as you've said a lot of the 90s films were the same sort of formula there were action films or there were there were teen comedies and, and Tim, <laughs> Tim Burton was just doing something completely different and he, he was standing out and mm-hmm. that's Probably why right. they might not have done well when they came out but mm-hmm. they're doing well now they're doing well now and people are remembering them and they're so. wanting they're wanting like their kids and their nephews and nieces and they're, they're wanting the younger generations to mm-hmm. to appreciate Can't them fun. as much as they did yeah. Oh, it'll be birthing new goths every every year. So <laughs> <laughs> you'll never get rid of your, your dark, uh, your pale skin bastards. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, no, I, I actually have, I've really enjoyed talking about it. And um, like I say, I've forgotten Sammy wasn't even here. Sorry, I'll put your picture back on there, Sammy. Hi, Sam. <laughs> uh, but yes, um, like I say, we'll, we'll wrap up now. I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to add because we've talked quite a lot there, bless you. I'm talked out, to be honest. I'm burtoned out. <laughs> for once. <laughs> but yeah, um, but uh, thank you so much for, like I say, jumping on and helping us out, Donna. Like I say, you've been an amazing course. And like I say, I might actually get s- sacked Sam now for the intros and get you to do the intros because I loved yours there. So uh, you might have found yourself a new job. <laughs> Sam, Sam's oh, still in his basement. She's going to nerd up those pies tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely let her out for next week. So we'll be back. Oh, so, so I was going to say, is Jake not in there as well? No, is, is, is Nicole, I'm still wrong basement. <laughs> wrong basement. Uh, wrong trunk of the car. But yeah. <laughs> but like I said, thank you for everyone who's tuned in and watched. Um, like I say, I've, I've, the chat's been very quiet because the, the, the main instigators in the chat are normally uh, 
I hear you talking tonight for once. So, <laughs> <laughs> so but uh, that doesn't bother us. But uh, like I say, anyone who watches it, please like say subscribe on YouTube, um, on Instagram. Not Inst- yeah, we're on Instagram. Okay, forget now. Nerdy up north and uh, Nerdy up. Yeah, sorry. Twitter. Twitter. Oh, Twitter, that, Twitter. I can't get, get my head around Twitter. I'm trying. All I, all I say to do is just tweet, tweet Kevin Smith. Please like me. Please like me. So um, <laughs> I don't know how that's going well. But uh, hopefully, like I say, we, in the next few weeks, we are going to plan on doing a, a Kevin Smith episode. Um, I, I've forgotten what we're, what's next week's episode, what we're doing. I um, can't Cartoons? remember now. Cartoons, yes. We're, going, cartoons? We're, not, we're, we're losing. Yeah, we're talking about uh, cartoons from our childhood, I believe. Yes. Yeah, I'll leave a few uh, weeks between Tim Burton and Kevin Smith. Yeah, so, <laughs> so the rivalry can, can just, just grow and we can build that rumour up again. So Kevin Smith hates, hates Tim Burton, so we'll put that hashtag out as well. So we've got so the hashtags we've got now is Donna's Coogies, uh, Charlotte's Feet, and uh, Kevin Smith hates, hates Tim Burton. So yes. <laughs> Yes, please join the Nerdy Up North Boot Club, uh, our Facebook group. Uh, we're on, like I say, most places on the podcast now, which I don't know how we keep finding new places, but seem to be. Uh, we seem to be doing well in America, so please, if your Americans are watching us, I do apologise for my accent. Um, but uh, same bat time, same bat channel. Bye. 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 And Sam would say, stay nerdy, everyone. Stay nerdy, Bye. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Stop it,